welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hello, him, she's, and thems. It is your favorite podcast where a couple watches a horror movie and breaks them down while one screams and cries and one laughs and holds the knife. I'm holding a knife now? <laughs> My name is Cindy. Uh, the voice you hear is Josh. Thank you for listening to uh, Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. I am the girlfriend. This month we are watching, uh, how did you call it? What's the official title? Good for her. It's good, like good movies for her. where women win. Like bad shit may happen to them, but they come out clearly on top. Last week we watched Ready or Not. And I loved that. This week I've been told um, it's going to be a little different in tone, but shorter in length is, I guess, the uh, the prize I get for sitting through something that's apparently going to, quote, fuck my shit up, end yeah. quote. Uh, it, yes, all of those things are true. Uh, this movie is definitely scarier than Ready or Not. It is also shorter than Ready or Not. Ready or Not was like an hour and 39 minutes. Mm-hmm. This movie's like an hour and 22. Okay. It's like two minutes over what is legally allowed to be considered a feature film. Okay. So once And you those two minutes like, are probably like credits. Yeah, once you factor in like five-ish minutes of credits whatever um yep so today we're here to talk about hush hush which came out in 2016 hush is the name of my second favorite buffy the vampire slayer episode hush is it won an emmy the name of Mm -hmm. maybe the best batman villain to never be featured in a film interesting is that what this movie's about not at all all right then (laughs) Uh, 2016, what was going on in our God, lives? So I, uh, much. Let's see. Um, I think that was the end of Mysterious Second Marriage. That's kind of when all that went down, I think. It was like 2015, 2016. So there's that. It's part of my life that I keep, to keep my mystique, that there's a mysterious second ex-husband. Fair. Fair. Uh, 2016 is the year that I left Presley Ridge concussed and then ended up leaving that job. And later that year, I started at the Y. Aww. So there you go. I, I started working at the Y that year. But I call it the time. second act of my adult jobs and careers and such. Um, yeah. Like that? That's so a good way to put that. 2016, though. Mm-hmm. In the world. End of a shit show. Ugh. Well, yeah. Uh, that was the year of the big Zika virus outbreak. Oh, yeah. Where they were like, mosquitoes are going to bite you and your he- babes are going to have weird heads. We were worried about that. Um, my cousin was pregnant for that uh, in Texas. And so when we were at festival, like, we were very, very closely watching, you know, uh, like, there's not a skin so soft and stuff like that. That was scary stuff but oh it gets worse <laughs> but don't uh, worry that, yeah it gets worse that's the year that obama visited cuba oh yeah remember when we were allowed to go to cuba for a minute mm-hmm. the pulse nightclub shooting was that year yeah i uh, knew that was coming pokemon go came out that was a good time uh, the last vcr was manufactured that was a good time r.i.p vcr 
Sorry. The, Sorry, BCR. Uh, the Summer Olympics were held in Brazil. Okay. The Cubs won the World Series. Woo! I don't and know. And Trump was elected president. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And a move that shocked the <sighs> shit out of all of us. Oh, man. And what yeah. will take us decades to recover from. Yeah. This was pretty bad. This was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so things that died that year, other than... My hope. Yeah. Other than that, were we lost David Bowie, Alan Rickman, Harper oh, Lee, man. Prince, Muhammad Ali, Gene Wilder, and George Michael. Not a good year. It's that old saying from... Not that old saying from Men in Black. Worry when the aliens start leaving. When the, when the aliens start uh, abandoning Earth is when we're supposed to worry. Yeah. And uh, they dipped out, so that's great. The movies that came out that year, just so you can have a frame of reference for... One of them was Hush. Film. Yeah, one of them definitely was Hush. Uh, so we have Lights Out, The Nice Guys, Don't Breathe, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Hell or High Water, The Hunt for the Wilder People. Love that movie. Um, if you only know everything... Oh, also, The Purge Election Year. But in superhero land... Because that's how a lot of people track time with movies. That's the year that we got Deadpool. Okay, love that. Um, we got the female reboot of Ghostbusters that everyone hated. I haven't even seen that. It's not bad. It's not. It's one of those things where it's like not like an undiscovered gem. Yeah. But it's not as bad as people make it out to be. That's also the year that we got Captain America Civil War. Okay. And Batman v Superman colon dawn of justice that fucking paragraph <laughs> that, that's like the uh the assassination of just james by the coward or i always say bruce lee and that's wrong yeah bruce, 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 the coward killed, bruce lee killed him with nunchucks yep uh no um they're, they're these paragraph names i saw batman v superman okay colon, dawn of justice <laughs> in the theater when with my friend kate and Jason Jones and some other people. Okay. Um, Kate's nephew uh, was amongst us. And I remember being like, this movie's kind of boring. It's really loud. Because DC, especially superhero movies, are very, very loud. loud. And I looked over and Jason was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Full on, like, snoozing it up love that and he was like the movie just i felt boring boring and i'm like it sure was buddy um not good these films not good still cost you like eight bucks oh no it was like 12 great so there you go dc got 12 bucks out of me (laughs) that's the last wow dc film i've seen in theaters too for probably the last i will ever watch in theaters well no i lied i went and saw the Robert Pattinson Batman, and it was oh, yeah. fucking good. Yeah, just like that redeemed. Just like that, we found out you were a liar. Yeah, just give me like more Batman movies that look like they were made by David Fincher. Okay, I'm in. So there you go. There's the secret. Warner Brothers. Uh, now they know. Yeah, now they know. So hush. All right. It is rated R. It is, like we said, a lengthy one hour and twenty two minutes long. Oh, thank God. It was. I'm told it's going to scare the shit out of it me. It was released April 8th, 2016. Okay. Um, it was released exclusively on Netflix. Okay. So, let's just get this out of the way now. If you want to watch this movie, 
you're going to watch it on Netflix. Okay. So, that's easy. You know, we don't have a huge listener base because <laughs> everyone's wrong. Right. But also, Netflix, if you want to yeah. throw money at me, I'll talk about you all day. Yeah. We can uh, do that. We'll, just, we'll do the. We'll I'd have like to, some uh, Netflix on the I'd like episodes. to not work my job anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this movie is co-written and directed by Mike Flanagan, who everyone on this show is a fan of. Yay. Um, I'm just saying he's right. Like, I don't know idea who the fuck Mike Flanagan is. Well, this is who Mike Flanagan is. Uh, he directed Midnight Mass, The Haunting of Hill House, and Bly Manor for uh, Netflix. Uh, he also did Gerald's Game, the Stephen King adaptation. Oh, yeah. Okay. He did Before I Wake, which we watched on the podcast, the movie about the little boy that when he dreams, that whatever he dreams comes to life. Yeah. And the monster that's the cancer that killed his mom. Okay. And he's also the writer and director of Dr. Sleep. Oh, I like Dr. Sleep. That was good. There you go. Okay. That is the creative mind. He's Mm. the co-writer and director. All right. Now we get to the starring. Who does this film... It is. Star. It stars and is co-written by his wife Kate Siegel, who plays Maddie. Um, she's in Midnight Mass, Haunting of Hill House, and Haunting of Bly Manor. She's in The Time Traveler's Wife on HBO okay. currently. They were on a date in 2014 when they were like just having started recently dating. Okay, and they came up with the story for this. And then two years later, when they were married, they made this movie. Fun. <laughs> Uh-oh. I mean, it's going to be terrifying. So there you go. Uh, the It's a really fucking small cast. All right. Uh, the the other, our antagonist, if you will. Our antagonist. Uh, whose credit is just the man. Okay. Is John Gallagher Jr., who was in 10 Cloverfield Lane. He was in Underwater. He's in Short Term 12. All right. When you see him, you're going to be like, oh, uh, yeah, that guy. Okay. He's a, he's adorable and lovable. Except and this, well, we saw Ten Cloverfield Lane. He's so. a fucking nightmare. He remember how Ten Cloverfield Lane literally had three people in yes. it. He's the one with the broken arm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's him. Uh, that's how I figured it was. Okay. Same year that that movie came out. Well, he was blowing up that year, man. Mm-hmm. And then um, that's basically your your core cast. Everyone else in the movie shows up for like one to two scenes. Um, and we've got Michael Trucco who plays John. He was in Next and Hunter Killer. Uh, Samantha Sloyan plays Sarah. She was in Midnight Mass where she played the every character everyone hated the most. Mm-hmm. She's the lady who like helped the like the priest run the church and she was oh, a okay. nightmare person. Yeah. Um, she's also in Grey's Anatomy. And then Emma Graves who plays Max who was in The American Crow and Pitch Perfect. All right. So there you go. Here we are. Super small cast, super small movie, very contained. All right. This is the part of podcast where Josh shows me an original poster of the movie, and I'm going to tell you the plot. Here we go. Hush. Silence can be killer. It's a woman. Oh. It's a woman looking straight into the camera, and there is a mat, like one of those blank mask face over her shoulder. I feel like this is going to be like a woman who lost her voice and is being stalked, but she can't scream. You're actually not super far off. Mm. You're in the ballpark. Mm. Okay. Um, All right. Well, we're going to be turning to Netflix to watch this. Yes. I 
want to go ahead and get this out of the way now. All right. Um, if you are a human that is especially turned off by home invasion movies. Right. Then uh, this is one of them. So maybe not. <laughs> if that's you. If you're a person who's like, no, nah, I can't do them. I can't do them. Too bad. All right. <laughs> Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Cannot run him on that leg. I cannot run him Take on him that down leg. With crossbow, but that has to be a perfect shot in the heart or in the brain. Heart or the brain. Anything else is not going to cut it. Won't cut it. And that's a long distance weapon. That's a long distance it's weapon. Pretty much useless indoors. It's, it's useless really indoors. tough up close, and you'd have to be up close to land a kill shot. He'll be moving. Can't even figure out how to load the damn thing. Get the power back on. Go outside. Get the power back on. You don't know if you flip the switch or cut the wires. Hiding. Hiding. Bedroom, bathroom, loft. There are windows in each. All he needs is a rock. And all he needs is a rock. Loft doesn't have any cover, no doors to barricade. In best barricade. case scenario, he doesn't find you and you bleed to death. Bleed to death. Outside. You could hide outside. Go back outside. Crawl space. Crawl space. I've tried that once. He knows you already tried that once. There's not a lot of room to maneuver. He figures out you're there. He figures out I'm there. I don't think you last that long. I think I last that cold. You're dizzy. And you're sweaty. Fingernails are turning blue and your vision's starting to go. We are running out of time. How long before you can't even walk or stand up or see? Sooner or later, he is coming in here. He knows I'm bleeding out. Once he is in this house, it is over. He is bigger, stronger, and faster. And he's got the advantage. He has the advantage. He can hear you. I can't run. I can't hide. And we can't wait. You go outside, you are dead. Too many endings. They're all the same. All the same. Which means there's only one ending he won't expect can't run, hide, or wait, what does that leave? Hush, hush, hurry, hurry, love. Come. Sorry, that is not the movie we saw. That is a song by Paula Abdul. But did, the video did star Keanu Reeves. I thought you were going to name check another movie because there is a horror movie called Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. I was like, oh, yeah. It's odd. <laughs> I actually know about that because that's like an old one. Uh, I pay attention to old stuff. <laughs> no, uh, this movie was. Your mom will be glad to hear up. that. Fucked up. Man, there is something to be said for those movies of like just killing you to kill you. No backstory, no reason. Just is what it is. Yeah, a little Halloweeny. It, yeah, I was gonna say it, that immediately pissed someone off. By the way, someone was like, "How fucking dare you compare this movie to Halloween?" I mean, it's in the same genre, bro. Calm the fuck. Well, and down. it's also like John Carpenter's been pretty open about his original idea for Halloween was that it would be a different nameless killer for well, no real like there would not be a, a different backstory. nameless killer. It would just be a different Halloween set well, story, right? But like there wasn't supposed to be a backstory to Michael Myers. It was just supposed to be this masked killer, like. like Black Christmas. Yes, that's right. Oh, gosh. And that movie was spooky as hell. Yeah. 
Um, I still hold that Halloween's the better movie. Black Christmas is the scarier movie. Yes. Well, that's a good way to put it. So, but anyway, let's let's talk about Hush rather than Black Christmas Hush. versus Halloween. Hush. Uh, even though this movie is very much rooted in Black Christmas and Halloween. Yeah. Um, so you, you teased a little bit. What is this movie about? This movie is about a deaf woman becomes the target of a, a deaf woman who lives alone becomes the target of a killer. And it's about how she escapes his, I don't know if escapes is the right word, how she prevents her own murder. Beats him at his own game. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Um, yeah. She's also mute. Like she's deaf and mute. Oh yeah, that's true. So I get, they say it's from meningitis when she was a kid. Like she had meningitis and they did a surgery and it was done incorrectly and it was a whole thing. Oh yeah. There's a little more information than I needed, but they gave, they gave you too much backstory. You don't need to know uh, all that. Just tell me she's deaf. Plot, tell me she's mute. The, the plot done. getting in the way of the story. Don't care. Uh, so IMDb has a deaf and mute writer who retreated into the woods to live a solitary life must fight for her life in silence when a mass killer appears at her window there you go um this movie is very little it's also very strange it's one location oh yeah it must have been kind of an i don't know easy is the right word but yeah it's just one location and three maybe characters I bet no well hold on let's do the character check so there's definitely the two right the, the, the killer the, and the, the our protagonist and antagonist okay we also have the first victim which is her friend her neighbor Three, her the the neighbor's oh, boyfriend. That's four. four. I forgot all about the him. sister on the phone. Okay, or on, on the, the video Skype call. or whatever. Yeah, five. Okay, um, so five. That's it. And of those five, there's only two that are in it for more than like ten minutes each. You know what I mean? Like the the boyfriend's not in it for very long. The neighbor's not in it for very, like long enough to establish who she is, what she does, and then um, die. I would say the boyfriend is not in it very long, but he is in a very memorable scene of this movie. Yes, this he scene is. Where he starts to figure out like what's dude, going isn't on. A cop. Yeah, um, it's pretty good. It's pretty crazy when he gets stabbed in the neck. It comes out of nowhere, <sighs> and I'm there for it. Um, yeah. So, in case you're keeping track at home, uh, this is a slasher of yep. sorts just like a good old-fashioned scary movie very much rooted in like the tradition of like a halloween or a black christmas um we've got a woman who exists and because she exists she must die she must be murdered right by a man in a mask who very quickly takes the mask i was gonna off. say i forgot that he even had a mask on because he, he takes it off as soon as he realizes that she's um she can't scream yeah you know it's like oh well, fuck well it. it's part of it's part of him because he can't just kill her. Because he very he tells her like I can come in there at any time, but then he doesn't. I'm gonna keep this up until you want to die. Like oh yeah, like just he's gonna pl- toy scaring with her. the shit out of her. And he takes the mask off very much as a way to like deal a death blow to her hopes. Right, because, because at first she's like, "Why well, I didn't see your face? I won't say anything. I'll just go." Like, and so he takes his mask off, and he's like, "Too late now." Nice. Like, what it. the hell? I think that's exactly the way he delivers it too. He's like, "Yeah, nice seen it. Tough shit." <laughs> like, oh, and so the whole movie, he's on the outside, kind of walking and stalking the perimeter, and she's inside the house, just trying to keep an eye on where he is and also protect herself and not be seen and somehow try to get service 
to but she call nine one one. She doesn't have a phone at all. Like, oh, that yeah, he takes. At one point, he ends up taking her phone. Yeah, because he comes in the house at first because he walks up right behind her. Right. Because he's reading her what's on her um, laptop. Her laptop because she can't hear him. And the sister is like, "Who's that behind you?" And she looks and she's like, "Oh, it must be the cat." Yeah. Because she saw the sister saw her. yeah something move. Um, and that, that sets up the whole thing of like, she tries to get outside to get into her friend's pocket cause she's our friend, but her phone, her, her phone in her back pocket, which is very, it's a really good shot. Mike Flanagan, I see what she did because it's such an innocuous shot at the beginning of the movie. You're like, it's so weird. Yeah. Just show this girl's ass off. <laughs> and then like, cut to later, I didn't you're even, like, oh yeah, she put her even phone there. It. Like clever, clever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clever director. And it just turns into like a, a game of cat and mouse. Um, it does. There's some really good The scenes. element, adding the element of her being, you know, a person who's unable to not just call for help, but even like scream. Or hear you coming. Or it is, it really adds a chilling element to it for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and there's two sides of this, her disability. Her disability coin. What's that? Um, she can't. The hear? positive side is that she's got this thing where she's able to use his ability to hear against him by disorienting him with like that's right. smoke alarm. So um, um, people who are hard of hearing, their smoke alarm—it's a very loud noise, but it also is such a bright strobe light flash. Yeah. So she like takes it and throws it. So you know it's going off the distance. He tries to get it. That's the other thing is there's a lot of. Um, adaptations for what we for the hearing world that people hard of hearing can use and that was the only one they really used but you have to remember they also their alarm clocks are like that as well they vibrate and shake and flash um like there are built-ins you know that they didn't really utilize however if i could go to the flip side of this coin Mm -hmm. this movie came out in 2016 which doesn't seem like a long time ago but I feel like the world's changed a lot in that time. Yeah. Um, to the point where I think even if you made this movie now, which is what, six years later? Math. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think you would actually have a person who was deaf in that part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another part. Like, And there are deaf, you know, actresses. And, I enjoy yeah. Kate Siegel. But um, she is not but, a deaf person. Yeah. I enjoy her, but I definitely think if this movie were made now it would be played by an actress who was deaf there's also um people who are deaf or hard or hard of hearing especially people who at one time could talk even you know even though she can't anyway um they're they make noises like they're not totally silent there's always an not always i shouldn't say that there's very often kind of like a mm, mm, like things that you don't have to use your voice box for that um a person who was, who like a deaf actress would know those things. Although this actress did a great job, but like, you know, she wouldn't know that there are certain well, sounds could be made or. I, I mean, I think it, it, it's coming from her muteness is coming from a place of like a botched surgery. So I don't know if that would be any different than someone who's like born mute. Like, yeah. As far as like having your vocal cords fucked with versus like having a problem from birth. I'm clearly not the expert on this, but I feel like. If someone stabbed you and oh you were God. a mute person, you would make a sound. Correct. It probably wouldn't be a very loud sound. Correct. That's it what probably, I mean. It would probably come out as like a gasp. 
Mm-hmm. But like she, I think she played it totally quiet. Silent. Like it was just like a. It, it was almost like your t- like she was screaming at the TV. It was on mute. Yeah. Which so. is, is fine, but I we had uh, I had a lot of friends in the deaf community at one time, and you know because they are so used to living in our world, they know to go uh uh-uh. uh like you know to kind of get your attention or to yeah you know there's like a guttural you know that they have their own kind of um, vocal something to kind of get people people's attention when they I, I just I don't know like it's a weird thing like watching it. The first time I saw this movie, I saw it when it first came out. And I didn't think twice about, like, Kate Siegel playing someone who was differently abled. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't even occur to me as being an issue. Didn't even click, like, yeah, um, clock it. And, like, even now, looking back on it, I'm not, I'm not, like, I don't want people to think that I'm throwing a stone at this movie and being, like, I you know, No, I totally oh, agree. It's, there's this weird thing. Like, I just think that if we were talking about this movie being made now, this is less a knock on Hush and more a... Oh, look how inclusive Victor- we've become. Yeah, victory lap on the way our culture works right. now. Um, and I don't get to do those very often. So I'm going to take this lap and I'm going to enjoy it. Well, I think it's just um, the people, like uh, the group of friends I hung out with that were hard of hearing or deaf or hard of hearing. It was in the early 2000s, like the aughts. And there were a few of them who, and this is the very beginning of the cochlear implants, and there's quite a debate that mainstream world doesn't know about uh, within the deaf community of who, like, why would you do that? Why would you get cochlear implants? You were born this way. We can live this way. There are all these modifications. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to fix it kind of a thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So because I was friends with people like that, they kind of showed me. So when I looked at this movie, it was a great movie, period. Really interesting, fun Scared the shit out of me. I screamed a bunch. Um, however, there are little things that had they actually hired a deaf or hard of hearing actress, she would have said things. It could have really added to the, hey, it wouldn't just be the strobe light on the alarm. We also had the, the, this other thing that she could use to throw some, you know, or oh, yeah. there are all these other um, things that make our life easier. You know, and so you those little things and kind of additions would have made it like, I don't know, more interesting, but it just rather than her just running around the house trying to avoid him, it maybe would have given different kind of the cat and mouse you know, games that they played. It would just add a different layer to them. But that's neither here nor there. It was a good movie. We can't redo it. Oh, yeah. And we're also looking at this through the prism of now. Correct. Like, um, what was it? A couple years ago, there was that movie. I think it was called like The Tribe, and it was entirely made by deaf actors. Okay. And- they did sign language the entire time and they didn't subtitle the sign language. They were just like, you either know or you don't. Oh, that's, well, not like, but there's that movie that just came out that won all, didn't it win the Oscars or something? About that. There's like a girl yeah. who grew up with a hard oh, yeah, hearing yeah. family. And then there's like the Sound of Metal where the drummer who right. loses his hearing. But again, that's played by someone who can hear. But yeah, I will say, <laughs> like I said, it's odd. I don't normally get to take a, a lap on so like how Marley far Matlin. Come. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm trying but to. I'm sitting here going. There's a very famous. She won an Oscar. Oscar-winning actress. Um, What's her name? She can talk, but she was born deaf. So I'm also going to take a lap on something that I never get to talk about positively. Okay. Star Wars. So in in this last year, and the book of Boba Fett on Disney mm-hmm. Plus or whatever it's called. Um, they did the Tuscan Raiders and they hired 
uh, deaf actors to play the Tuscan Raiders. Because and they, they would be. created like a modified form of sign language mm-hmm. to talk to each other because that's just how their society would work. Yeah. And it, it wasn't oh, yeah. addressing them as like being these like, you know, they're deaf or they're like different. Right. It was just, just this is they how were. they would be. Right. So I think being looking at the world through that lens oh it yeah just seems kind of odd and i would feel weird if we didn't like mention the fact that like i think kate siegel does a great job and i think mike flanagan does a great job i just think that if we made this movie now there are certain things that we would do differently part would be played by someone who actually yeah. couldn't hear and, and probably again speak only because i have this tiny little bit of experience in this community that it was like oh i wonder what you know so and so would think about that or what they do think about that if they've seen this movie and then it's also um i don't know it i hmm, i know that there are deaf and hard of hearing actors and actresses out there do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so i definitely feel there this was a phenomenal movie why wasn't she an actual hard of hearing person? Do you know what I mean? It, oh, no, it's I like the outrage people have when somebody plays gay versus hiring a gay actor. Like, it, this is the same thing. Like, yeah, that's just whatever. That's just me. Just been, well, I mean, and I'm also a big nerd like about stuff like that. There's of social norms, right? Like, mm-hmm. at one point, I'm sure this is going to come as a shock to no one. Um, non-white actors were played by white actors in makeup. And then what? at one point, like, even Hollywood, as conservative as it can be, was like, that's probably not a good idea. We should probably stop that. Are we talking like... Uh, like... Like, uh, not Allie. What's her name? Um, uh, no, I'm talking about, like, Jewish people being hired to play Native Americans and Westerns. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking, like, Al Jolson playing I a, just heard, a uh, black person. In, <laughs> I just <laughs> like heard a great podcast film. about that. Um, <laughs> the first Asian actress... What was her name? Anime Wong. Anime Wong. I, I was saying Ali Wong. I'm like, no, that's the, right. So Anime Wong, um, part of her career trajectory is that she is, I mean, she was American, but she was of Chinese descent. She was a first generation Chinese American. And <laughs> she wasn't allowed to play a Chinese person. Does that make sense? Like yeah, she had to play the like famous, the background characters. That's right. So like the famous movie, the good earth, which really changed America's opinions about famous book. Famous book. We're not, we're not going to say the movie's famous. Oh, I'm movies, sorry. Yes. Yeah. The book, the, the book is famous by Pearl S. Buck, good. by the way, famous West Virginian. Pearl S. Buck was from here. Um, anyway, so we've got Pearl S. Buck and the Mothman, <laughs> if you're keeping track. So, um, it was like it was her dream role to play this one um, character in this movie, and she was in Europe because she was tired of only like, you know, uh, Joan Crawford got to play the lead Asian, and she had to play like the mean janitor lady next door, you know. So she stopped and was only working in Europe, and then oh my gosh, the Good Earth! She was so excited. This lead, she was the perfect age. It was from like her area, like where her her, her family was from in China. And she could, the studio wanted her. She could actually speak the language. Like it was phenomenal, and and they were still like, yeah. The, uh, even the studio wanted to cast her, but right. they cast a white guy to play her Asian husband. Mm-hmm. And the Hayes Code, which dictated what Would was acceptable allow. in films, was like. We cannot have a white man kiss a non-white person. Um, So you cannot cast her. They had to either not cast their lead male or cast a white woman to be a Chinese lady. 
And there wasn't anybody. So, what do you uh, think a, Hollywood did? Yeah, there wasn't a male equivalent of anime Wong. Like there wasn't a, um, you know, anime Wong is absolutely famous. I mean, if there was an Asian person in a film, it, female it was typically her for a long time. There like, wasn't like a male equivalent. I feel like James Hong is like been we have Chow Young Fad like in the eighteen fifties. Like well, but James, James Hong has talked about this as well. The same thing. I mean, the same of like, no, I, I only had to play like the the tourist guide Butler. where he played a lot you of know Butlers. Steven Seagal played the lead Asian character, you know, sort of a thing. So that is not a movie. No, but, if that was a movie, I would have seen it and we would watch it regularly and laugh at it. And, but I'm just saying, like, so this is it's just interesting how you know we're. We are slowly turning society's, you know, eyes about, you know, race and gender. And, you know, we can do all these different things. And we still have this layer of people with different abilities that like, uh, let's just pretend. Are we talking? Let's just fake it. Are we actually talking about how the world's getting better? (laughs) No, I'm talking about how society no i think we're talking about how the world let's just let's just enjoy it for a second because normally we're like things are awful it's true yeah look at us go us go team us um i will man yeah okay um i guess i'll have to take it as so a win. if we could transition sorry from cindy's wheelhouse of people who no cindy's uh, wheelhouse would be talking all about nell and the <laughs> linguistical studies of that and how that should have been present in this as well uh, i'm fair. sorry i'll stop um i was gonna say <laughs> that's they, my wheelhouse they should have cast an actual person who was raised by a lady who had a stroke in the mountains and never interacted with anyone before for the honestly i love that movie the, the, because the the theory it's based on of how her language to all right i'll stop i'm sorry let's go back to talk about hush <laughs> Hey, no, chick away, pay. <laughs> I'm just saying, from a linguistic standpoint, it's fascinating because that that is exactly what would happen. Oh, yes, I, I get you. It's just and, I, and that's my, you know my only takeaway from now. Tay in the wind. There you go. There you go. I know. Um, so I know we, you, my love. We each bring a different expertise <laughs> to this movie. Is what I was trying to say a minute ago. Um, you know people who are hard of hearing um, or deaf, and mm-hmm. you bring that with you, and you bring your perspective as a, you know, a woman in a world that, like, much like the X Men, hates and fears you. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, I know what it's like to see someone get actually shot with a crossbow <laughs> um, <laughs> in real life. Okay, is it anything like what we saw? It was pretty fucking gnarly. Um, That's how. Did she get stabbed in the leg? She gets shot with a crossbow. Was, oh, no. With, that was in the hand, wasn't it? No. It was in the leg. Yeah. People, it, he hunts people with a crossbow. Right. And she's like trying to, it is, they did do that part well. It is hard as fuck to load a crossbow. Yes. Um, not an easy task. Uh, I will say that I live in West Virginia. And I was once hanging out with some dudes when we were in high school. And I saw. Did any of their last names rhyme with crinkle cut? Um, I mean, was one of them crinkle? Yeah. <laughs> one of them was definitely crinkle. Okay. He's the one that got shot. Oh my God. Um, so, uh, we were playing with a crossbow and he was, As you do. he was like, I'm going to set up the cans. Do not point this at me while I'm setting up the cans. And then you. And no, it wasn't me. Um, cause I was terrified of crinkle. Someone else who I will not name, um, jokingly was pointing it at crinkle while he was putting the cans up and it went off and embedded itself in the back of crinkle's leg oh my god oh my god just like this movie yeah okay 
Wow. Does now did the movie portray it accurately, or was it a lot grosser and it was, more violent? It was. Um, it was more of a shock, like something. Obviously, in movies they amp it up, mm-hmm. but like when it happens in real life, you're like, ah, uh, like I can't believe that just what happened. just happened. So, um, Crinkle did manage to um, take a, one of the extra crossbow bolts and stab the kid who had shot him with it. <laughs> So they both got to go to the hospital together. Yay. <laughs> life life in your hometown growing up. The story. I just love it. I love the stories. I love the nicknames. I love that every generation is like, yeah, definitely. Yep. Yep. Did, yep. did you? Did and you it's guys, like, okay, so you just witnessed all these children do this? Did you guys not yeah, grow fuck up em. with uh, kids that had nicknames like Toast, Sandwich, nope. Crinkle? Hog titties. <laughs> I repeat, hog titties. No, no, can't say that I did. Um, most of the nicknames where I came from were based on last names, but I mean, it's whatever. Um, you know, different, different times. I thought you were going to say different strokes for different. Nope, folks. just just different times. It was just a West different. Virginia is wild. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, um, give a fuck about your feelings. We don't give a. I mean, it was the '90s, and we were no limit soldiers. <laughs> Where are you now? We were fucking like, not me. Like my me and my brothers were pretty chill, but like my hometown was pretty fucking wild for being such a small place. That's what you need to write about. That's your there's your novel, like like Lake Wobegon days, and it's just stories from then thar hills. <laughs> so there I was watching. The older brother break the younger brother's arm with a crescent wrench. Ah, like shit like that. Lovely. Okay, so hush. Also a Kringle story. So can we, hmm, I don't know if we can archive this movie or not. There's definitely action. Revolutionary in that, have, have there been other movies where like the, the main character is deaf and hard of hearing and being, you know, and having to kind of um, scream without screaming, I'm I guess sure is the word. I can't think of one, but the thing that immediately comes to mind is Wait Until Dark which has one of the best jump scares I've ever seen in a movie ever. And it's Audrey Hepburn being, she's blind. And she's literally being menaced by dudes in her own apartment. Oh. And she cannot see them in front of her. Like, at at points, they're, like, right in front of her. And she cannot see them. I don't like that at all. It's a good movie. Interesting. Okay. Cool. It's got, it's like, it's the only other movie I can think of when I think of Richard Crenna that isn't a Rambo movie. (laughs) Well. he was Colonel Troutman. Oh, I didn't know that. So, look, we all learned something. Um, yeah. This I, movie. Uh, oh, okay, so revolutionary. Uh, killing, for sure. Oratory. <laughs> no, but that's kind of the point of the movie, right? Is that... There's a ton of dialogue, but it's all voiceover. Right. Of her, like... I do, her inner I thoughts. do like the thing. I guess we could talk about this real fast. Um, I do like, and I think it's, it does, it's not really revolutionary, but it's revolutionary in the terms of like a slasher film, mm-hmm. at least for the time. Um, it does the clue thing with the way, end. where like we get to almost the end and she's all beat to shit and she's like running through the possible scenarios oh, and how right. he'll end. Like you can run and then he'll catch you and then he'll kill you. You can hide and he probably won't find you, but then you'll bleed out and you'll be dead anyway. Right. So your only option is you, you know, gotta kill this motherfucker. Yeah. And they kind of in a very natural way address um 
when they when she kind of tells her like well yeah you know i lost i had this disease i was about surgery and she says like so do you have like a voice in your head like what do you hear and she's like oh it's my it's my mom my mother's voice actually like that's kind of the voice in my head these days and it's just kind of a castaway line but then so when you do hear the um, when you hear voiceover, you're like, "Oh, when, I got when it. You That's hear her." Kate Siegel's voice in Kate Siegel's head, right? Uh, and you're like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." It, I think it would have been hilarious and totally undercut the movie if it was Katie Siegel's like, voice. If it was like a child's voice, <laughs> if it was like a tw- like a ten year old girl's voice of like, "Oh, I think," because <laughs> yeah. that would have been the last time she would have heard her voice. Yeah, that would have been yeah, like a little kid. Oh. Yeah. What do you have to talk about? With the, oh, with the fantasy and fornication. We have no fornication. Um, God, I hope this is a fantasy in that there's just some random guy that's just out killing people in cabins. I feel like this is definitely a fantasy for some dude. For somebody. Like the idea of like, I have total control over this woman. Mm-hmm. I could just indiscriminately murder. I mean, it definitely is a fantasy because, I mean, I'm sure at some point this week my phone will go boop, boop. And I'll look and I'll be like, oh, there's a mass shooting somewhere. Right. So those people exist. This is definitely a fantasy for someone. What do you um, have to tell me, trivia wise, or kind of well, fill in the gaps of our information? That there is only fifteen minutes of dialogue in this movie. Yeah, well, yeah, which means there's seventy minutes of this film where not a single word is spoken, and it's like it's all visual. Yeah, and it it holds up. It just it does why, a great job. You don't miss it. Yeah, which is why I like this movie because film, visual medium. Um, right on. Kate Siegel and Mike Flanagan, we talked about this in the front half. They are married, and they did pra- like do walk through the entire movie several times with all the scenes, and they rehearsed it in their house. So they kind of like <laughs> designed everything for their house, and then when they went down south to shoot, they couldn't find a re- like something like a replica their house, house. So they had to like toss, and <laughs> like they fell in love with doing certain things. And they're like, "Well, we can't. Oh, we can't do that. Now. We don't have a, an island here. Or, yeah, don't fall in love with locations if you can't." That's right. Or shoot it in your own home if you're not willing to do that. Yeah. Side note, you don't want to do that. Um, so to do the thing where we we have her point of view or like we experience her world, like her deafness, um, I guess they tried to shoot it like silent and they're like, it doesn't really work. Yeah. So they used like ambient sounds of um, ultrasound machines. Okay. Is the sound that like that she hears like instead of like that those are ultrasound machines. I imagine that's what you would hear. And it's like the blood in your ears sort of a thing. And then I was actually kind of shocked that you didn't mention it. Oh. Um because you're always like, That's ADR. (laughs) Her breath was ADR'd. Like every time I did not notice and I do usually I can pick. Like they had to ADR a lot of her breath. Okay. But what an odd thing to have to see, uh, to have like, to in, like when she's in her own over, head. But I get it. Like when she's in her own, in her own head doing yeah. that stuff, like that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. she had to do that like eighty yards. So there you go. Um, this movie has fans, uh, including apparently you. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, um, Stephen yeah. King is a fan of this movie. It's a great he, concept. He said, uh, "Quote: How good is Hush? Up there with Halloween, and even more. Wait until dark. White knuckle time." On Netflix. That was his review on Twitter. Cool. So there you go. Um, and then William Freakin, who made The Exorcist, said that uh, Hush was great. He loved it. So he thought it was terrifying. It, yeah. So because what would I mean? Fans. It's it's such a. Phew. 
It's a scary just thought. Yeah, I would say the biggest downside of this movie for me okay. is it's a Netflix movie. Yeah. Um, which means like... You can't get it anywhere. You have to watch it on Netflix. And I get it. We have Netflix. It's great. But, but Shudder, if I could just say for a moment, will get things and then also release them on Blu-ray. Yeah. Like, it would be nice to be able to have, like, a physical copy of so some that when, stuff. So that when it inevitably gets taken off the Netflix server, you can still watch it, essentially. Yeah, because once they're gone, they're, like, they're just gone forever. Like, I loved uh, Amazon had one Mississippi. It was, like, this dark comedy. I thought it was great. And now it's just gone. <laughs> Like, okay, I can't watch reruns. I can't buy, like, a box set. No, okay, it, it's just over. Okay, weird. Yeah. Well, what may do I, we... May I suggest to fill that hole? That I buy a VCR and just that um, <laughs> record it that way? Tubi has every episode of Columbo right now. Okay. So you... <laughs> You're so happy. I just love it. I, love, I fucking love Columbo. What are we watching next week? Um, So we're going to end the month with a movie called revenge okay if you can guess what it's about is it about a woman getting revenge sure as shit is uh, well there you go and we don't have any of like the stuff that i don't like to watch right no like dead children or things like that um there are no there are no dead kids there okay. are things in it that are unsavory that we'll talk about but okay we'll handle it when the the downside's worth the upside okay i'll say that so we'll talk about it more next week. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. And Hush kind of fucking rules. <laughs> like, you should watch it.